Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. Well, folks, one of the ways that this Practice Podcast is helpful, I hope, to the people with whom I have the conversations is that it showcases who they are and what they do, underlying do, in a way of practice, because practice is doing. And what Vanessa Phipps and Linda Ferraro do is develop learning experiences that grow companies, that grow people in their companies. And their focus right now in Valence Consulting is on the mentoring that's done to draw people closer together across all kinds of divides, cultural, structural, uh, you name the divide, and there's plenty of them. And their vision is to help people come closer and stay that way uh, by having a mutuality that comes from mentoring each other in how things work in the workplace. So here we are with another episode with these two colleagues of mine uh, to help you get a better understanding of what they do. Vanessa Phipps and Linda Ferraro, Valence Consulting. Occasionally I do a 2.0 or even sometimes a 3.0 with people in the podcast who are very, very active in doing something uh, that I think everyone would like to know about. And uh, we never get quite enough information in the first take. So this is take two. And what's the subject? The subject is mentor, mentoring. And the two folks are Vanessa Phipps and Linda Ferraro. Very, very well experienced in a number of ways to bring out organization change and personal change. But it seems, folks, that mentoring is sort of one of those, um, it's not a tool. <laughs> it seems to me almost like a, like a, a, a opening and closing of a, of a, a synapse in an organization, <laughs> you know, between two, um, uh, in this case, humans, but in a physical sense, uh, how learning happens. It happens across a synapse. So let me start with that one. What do you guys think? Are you synaptics <laughs> in looking at mentoring? Linda, I'll let you start that one. <laughs> I, I guess I was I was caught up on the word synaptic because I think of haptic. And haptic yeah. was just connecting because my watch was actually providing me with feedback to let me know that we were in the middle of this conversation. As far as firing <laughs> on all synapses, I think the concept of collaboration and having this discussion about mentoring really connects right now to the conversations that are going on in workplaces with respect to really diminishing the space between more experienced employees and those more junior, if we wanted to say more senior in their roles, but that the conversation is definitely focused more on bringing people together and reducing power imbalances, which we alluded to a little bit in our first session. So I do believe synaptic 
in terms of the synapses firing, but I also do believe from the haptic perspective, a bit of a touch point in, in maybe not a, a very literal way. Vanessa? Mm. I have nothing to add to that. You can't top that. <laughs> you cannot top I can't that. either. We, we got a lot of haptics and synaptics <laughs> in there. But I, I do want to focus on, on, on that notion of, of the distance that uh, Linda just mentioned, but also it's, it does follow this analogy that if you try to cross uh, a signal from one cell to another in your brain, and it tends to be too a little too far. It can it can drop into oblivion, and I think because of the pandemic and because of the stay at home and and all kinds of other factors that are at play uh, that push people apart. That Vanessa, I think mentoring is not the whole answer, but it certainly could be very helpful. Uh, to draw people together by structuring a system of mentoring. There's, there's uh, surprisingly for me, there's an increased appetite for mentoring in this, in this uh, much more virtual world I've found. Um, I had my doubts around the uh, kind of the efficacy of, of pairing folks for fruitful conversations um, on the small screen, but, but I've seen just a, a, an enthusiasm and a warmth and uh, an energy that folks bring to any kind of opportunity to, to join forces and, and to, I think, to build upon the, the unique differences and um, approaches to work that they bring to the organization. And specifically when we're talking about something that is not hierarchical in nature, um, the, the, just the opportunity to, to lead, if we're talking about, about distance for each person to lead from their, their own unique perspectives around what power means to them is, mm -hmm. seems to be much more easy to 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 do in these virtual situations and again i'm not sure why yeah well i'm uh i'm looking at a screen with the three of us and we have uh we, we, our, our boundaries are touching <laughs> you know and yeah, well, uh, what? it's yeah. a draw together that is coincidental i think to the zoom phenom but uh even if you're going to set up a, a place where someone goes to another person's office and they'll sit, the chairs will be positioned sometimes fairly far apart, you know, and, and mm -hmm, people read, mm -hmm. read body language, they read all that. The other thing that I'm looking at the screen is uh, I'm looking at your natural setting in the moment, mine, you know, the office and Linda's. And it's almost like, oh, gee, uh, I love your chandelier. <laughs> so it's <laughs> some, something that draws us together and maybe zoom has been a, a, and kind of helpful to that. That's but, a great point. And, uh, and even the fact ahead. that I'm not, I'm not behind the desk. And you're not in front of the desk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That desk is quite symbolic, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's my desk. <laughs> you're in the uh, side chair, <laughs> literally <laughs> right. the side chair. Yeah. Uh, when you folks worked in your last round, as I understand it, you had uh, presented reverse mentoring. 
And now you're involving that to something new, but could you talk a little bit about the reverse mentoring idea and why? Linda, do you want to go at it? I'll give it a, a start and then I'll pitch it over. So the reverse mentoring concept, it's interesting because if you look at the history associated with mentoring, there are different approaches, different applications and programs that are specifically oriented toward a thing fixing or redressing an imbalance or making an attempt at bringing an underserved or underrepresented population within the workforce into a place where they have a greater level of visibility, but primarily a greater degree of access to resources, tools, opportunities that include promotions and training. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the, this particular application, while there certainly have been opportunities to provide mentoring for women in workplaces of both Vanessa and I have experience in this application was more toward the LGBTQ AI plus community within a particular organization. So both of us have worked with employee resource groups. The goal of this one, I think, was particularly unique in that it was an opportunity to have conversations in a in a manufacturing environment where that wasn't necessarily the most progressive type of organization to have those conversations. So it was initially finding individuals who were interested in having the discussions, both from the more senior employee side, but also from those individuals who had identified that they would like to be involved in these conversations. And I think what was different about that one was that it really required creating a sense of safety and trust very early on, that the organization was committed to that. And those of us who were brought in to support, guide, facilitate the discussions and the process were people who had the ability to listen well, ask good questions, and provide an opportunity for those individuals who are part of the process to, to help guide it a bit when it maybe seemed like there was something more that they they wanted to add and, and we needed to we needed to hear them and make those modifications along the way. So I know that's a bit oblique and I'll pass it over to Vanessa. You know, I would say thank you, Linda. One of the we were very fortunate in working with that organization because uh, one of my concerns in these reverse mentoring um, programs and processes is that the the mentor, i.e. the more junior junior um, person in that process, uh, sort of has some concern around how their ability to educate and inform will be impacted by this sort of natural hierarchical uh, power that their mentee brings to the relationship vis-a-vis um, -vis their title or position or years of experience. And, and so, again, in this instance, it worked out well because the organization had prepared both the mentor and the mentee um, for the expectation that one person's power did not diminish the others. But um, I, I've seen it in other situations where it started out with this agreed upon 
appreciation for uh, um, the, the, the value that the mentor was going to bring to the relationship, but it kind of got, I don't know, it felt as if the, the, uh, the, the more senior person eventually overpowered the relationship. And so yeah. it, it became a bit of, um, I don't know, it, it, it felt as if the, the, the purpose was not met at the mm-hmm. end of it. And mm-hmm. that came out in how, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the survey data presented yeah. itself. Well, you know, you, you, it's, it's a, even in this time and maybe particularly in the climate that's just burst out on us in the last few days, it, it, the differences and all of the rest, it is a very bold thing for a company and you as the consultants and particularly those participants in the mentoring uh, relationship to be doing. It is, in a sense, an experiment. But it sounds to me like when you did look at the survey data and you did think through what what uh, the the power imbalances ultimately became, this is where I'm guessing you decided to look at the mutuality in a new way, uh, as opposed to uh, I am the person, uh, you know, in a little bit at the at the bottom of this heap here still. So could you guys talk a little bit about that? Because it it sounds to me like there's a whole lot of learning necessary on both parts of the uh, uh, two-party relationship. One piece of that, and this was a big part of the conversation that Vanessa and I had really hinged upon previous research that had been done on power imbalances. And if you go back to any of the scholarly articles, any of the research, there was this focus on power imbalances, and it was predicated on the fact that individuals who were in the lower level of the hierarchy accepted the discrepancy or accepted the power imbalances, whether, you know, whether we're talking culturally within countries, regions, companies, but that those individuals accepted those power imbalances. Mm -hmm. What we've been I think discovering over a period of years, and if you look at the scholarly research as well, you'll find it. One particular one is this European Journal of Business and Management Research that was an article literally from the May issue that spoke about the fact that those kind of imbalances are not accepted to the degree or to the extent that they had been in the past. And I think there are multiple factors associated with that. One is certainly as generational changes have required leaders and organizations to say, hey, that might have worked in the past, but this is not going to work with this new generation. Mm -hmm. Whether it was initially, you know, I remember teaching about maybe 10, 12 years ago, and we were talking more about corporate social responsibility, investing with purpose and sustainability in ways we hadn't before. Then we shifted maybe you know, four or five years ago to talking about wellness and mental health and well-being, what we're finding is that the move to more remote workplaces, more collaborative kinds of spaces like we have right now, the one that we are in, has led to an understanding that that not only didn't really work before, but it clearly doesn't work now because the rate of change, the pace and the acceleration is such that 
one, we cannot lose access to these important pools of talent, people, Mm -hmm. but it's absolutely necessary to understand that if you want to build a strong team and your team is not co-located, you are going to have to do a more effective job of reaching out to find out where people are. And having an artificial construct of there's so much space between you and me Mm. is just not going to work. Yeah, what do you think about that? I, I, I'm my head is spinning because I'm trying to figure. I'm mm-hmm. looking at mentoring as, as you know, part of the solution of what Linda just talked about this trend, but I'm also wondering if, uh, if uh, it, it's it's powerful enough uh, in a way that it's uh, allowed to be brought in or encouraged in an organization without some. Uh, new kind of twist to it, which I, I've got a feeling both of you are more than capable of doing. Vanessa, you know, how, what is what is your vision for this mutual uh, mentoring idea? So this this word power is such it's such a big word. Hmm. And I think part of the big idea is getting folks to realize that giving power doesn't take away from the power that you have yeah that it that it really just offers the opportunity to to have a a a partnership and a partnership that does not discount hierarchy but invites opportunities to share experiences and i'm going to go back again to uh one of my favorites from you dave um to, to that invites this i this opportunity for speculative conversations mm-hmm. so i don't need to know more than you nor do you need to know more than i we just are in it to 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 kind of wonder where we can go um both in our mutual relationship and in understanding different aspects of where we are in the workplace yeah i i you know, uh, it it takes me back to how things got done when I when I was a kid up in Maine. Uh, two or more people would arrive on the scene of a of a, a bit of a mess, uh, and uh, you know, you'd stroke your chin, and you know, everyone would be looking at each other, and then someone would venture the first idea. Well, you know, what if we were to just move it over there and and give it some air, and. Uh, and, and it equalized people immediately because sometimes the one who said, why don't we move it over was 11 <laughs> and the, and the other two were in, you know, 60 and 70. Uh, but the, 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 the curiosity, you know, was, was seemed to cover the whole situation. Um, the, the puzzling over maybe, maybe if we try this or that, and if we were to move mentoring into a mutual, uh, 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 examination of a of a of a bit of a mess. My hunch is there are plenty of bits of messes in anyone's small company, big company, you name it, and uh, it doesn't require just technical uh, answers. It's more about how do you think this happened, and, mm-hmm. and why do we even think it's a mess? Am I getting into what may be the sort of conversation that would go in a mutual mentoring uh, Absolutely. situation? Because the, 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 the quote unquote mess um, be, 
is different depending on where you're sitting in the organization. Yeah, so if indeed it is a mess, the opportunity to make it less messy mm-hmm. um, is born out of seeing and hearing and recognizing uh, what it looks like depending on where you are. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, I think it really cuts deep into human nature and the generosity of, uh, that, of spirit that comes through when two or more people are not in any, don't have the answer. No one person has the answer. And it's the messy part is like why we watch all these mystery shows and everything. <laughs> we you know we, it's really like, Oh my God, you know, what's who did, who done it. And, and that, you know, again, draws people together in more of a natural way. Uh, Linda, <laughs> Vanessa and I are creating this whole thing. Are we leaving you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. To me, the mess is the opportunity. Yeah. The mess mm-hmm. is yeah. what provides the purpose to come together to to create further, to coalesce, yeah. to identify patterns that well, I might not see a pattern in the ice flow, but you might see something that I missed. And the opportunity to have the conversation together is really predicated, though, on the fact that all parties feel as if what they are offering is valued. Yeah. And when yeah. we were having this conversation about power imbalances and differentials, it's really about the the agreement or and doesn't necessarily mean it's a formal agreement, but certainly the openness to having, yes, those speculative conversations, but also sophisticated questioning. So if I'm asking you a question of, you know, what do you think about that or how can we most effectively do X, it might need to be a bit more informal. And I think part of what the mutual mentoring conversation really leads us to is this conversation about, yes, we're looking at ensuring that we are accomplishing goals within the organization or whatever the purpose is, collective purpose that we're reaching toward, but how are we doing it in a way that is appropriate for the environment? So, you know, might be the workplace, it might be some kind of volunteer organization, and then coming to the point where it it's not about who comes up with the idea that ultimately leads to the breakthrough. It's about how did we create this together? And how do we continue to, and that's one of the things that we've been speaking about in terms of the concept of cultural humility. So cultural humility is being open to seeing things from somebody else's perspective. If I'm already open to seeing it, then I'm not behaving as a know-it-all that my way is the one best way. And that the, you know, the iterative nature, the accumulative nature of, of the partnership, as Vanessa spoke of, is what will ultimately lead us to an outcome that is invested in by all and is genuinely one that everyone has learned from and is and is supporting. It's it's that whole conversation about abundance and scarcity. And it goes back to what Vanessa said. Mm-hmm. If something good happens for me or my team, it's not a zero-sum game. It doesn't mean that you lose because I win. Yeah. It means that we are all learning and growing. Vanessa. So I I'm happy that you brought up cultural humility, uh, Linda, because it, as you, as you said, and have alluded to and stated in the past, it really is at the core of how we're able to do this work and make it 
feel as if it is a mutual undertaking. Um, what I uh, mentioned in our first podcast is that who we are informs how we see others. And so this um, being able to kind of question who we are, um, you know, for myself as an African-American woman, um, considering what parts of my identity I'm always aware of, um, what parts are most noticeable to folks when they see me, um, how does my identity or my sense of identity shift depending on who's in the room? Mm-hmm. Um, and even with that, what might some of my own blind spots and biases be? So all of that is so, so important. And being able to be humble about how we've seen ourselves and how we've seen um, that part of the world uh, or the worlds in which we need to operate is hugely important. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an outsider in the conversation here in a way, but I, but what I, what I think is I see what I call the mess being something that draws the two people or more together and the mess uh, is where they can see, as Linda said, some outcomes, some results. The humility is that the mess is such that whether you're a senior person or whether you're an African-American who uh, just joined the team, it is about coming up with some answers. So uh, once you get into it and you get into the energy of dealing with the mess, you're surprised. It's like, oh, where did that idea come from? Oh, well, it came from from Bob. Bob, I mean, I, I've only pictured Bob as someone who had a lot of grease under his fingernails and, <laughs> you know, talk about manufacturing. But Bob came up with such a, a brilliant insight and that kind of appreciation that arises as people flesh out this conversation and the mess itself is reduced now to uh, something they can all say as well there, we can, we can uh, wipe our hands and, and, and move on. And, and I think there's a culture like the manufacturing culture, there's plenty of messes to go around, but also there's the, the, what I think gets people up every day is they want to get in there and make something happen. And I would hope that that would be true of other settings, but particularly where you folks have been doing this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we're moving toward uh, our unfortunate time limit, and 3.0 is already on my drawing board, uh, what are your takes of what we've said so far, starting with you, Linda? Have, have we helped people understand mutual m- mentoring as you're visu- visualizing it? I believe that we are scratching the surface of mutual mentoring on an organizational and a human level. So one of the things that's particularly helpful to think about this is putting yourself in those places where mutual mentoring is an opportunity in your everyday life. Yes. So I had the wonderful, just the wonderful experience on Sunday of participating in a dance recital. And in this recital, it was, I I joined this, this dance studio just within the last couple of months and they were getting ready for this performance. The instructor asked myself and a friend, Hey, would you like to join us? Now I've taken this one class a few times. The average age is let's put it this way. They, they are much more oriented toward the, the, um, 
generation, the TikTok generation than I am from a chronological standpoint. <laughs> and um, what, what, you know, what we found is we, you know, we would go and we, we were rehearsing with them and it was really wonderful on the day of performance, you know, we're, we're, in the back of the high school at these classrooms and we put the music on and myself and my friend were just, you know, trying to work on some of the moves. And these two um, young women who are a part of the, the group from long past came in and, and said, hey, let's all work this bit together because there was a you know, few sections of the song we weren't quite sure of. We ended up talking and they were proceeding to tell us how much they enjoyed having us there and what we brought to them. And my perspective had all been, well, I'm stepping in on your stuff and it's all, you know, me learning from you. And that wasn't the way they saw it at all. And they were able to point to some very specific things that they enjoyed about us being there in those classes. And I walked away going, First of all, I love it anyway, and every, everybody's great at that studio, but the experience that I had speaking with them and then performing led me to say, this, this, is, this is mutual, and this is what cultural humility is all about. You don't know everything because you grew up dancing that style more than I did. And it's not the other way around either. But if you come together for that common goal, and Vanessa knows because I sent her 37 seconds of the video from the performance on Sunday. And she'll get to look at it another time. I can't wait to see it. I saw that pop up. I I, th- I think I, I was maybe pushing on the mess idea too much because what Linda just described is something quite different. It is uh, co-creating. It is uh, working with music. Where there's plenty of analogies of music in in any workplace. It, it's uh, I I know the song better than you, but together we can uh, create a new song. And I think the idea there is that something better can come out uh, for everyone. And then that feeling, Linda, that you were so positive about. And wanted to share the video. If, if you could, if you could bottle that up and and sell it, that feeling of look what we've, look what we have done here. Not just look at the mess we solved, but look at the, you know, the harmony, the music, the 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 dance, if you will, uh, that we pulled off. Uh, and there's another point to this, Dave. Before I pop it over to Vanessa. The interesting thing about a lot of the music that we dance to is that the songs that are sampled are songs from music that was dear to me that's now found a new life because it's sampled in in this particular music. So there are, you know, there are bars in the song that I'm just thinking, oh, well, that's you know, whatever the song is, and they're hearing it with new For the ears. First time. I'm, yeah, and I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it with new ears as well, yeah. but in a different way. And that's great. the beauty. That's great. Vanessa, I think we're getting to the point where you get the last word. Oh, oh dear. Oh, my. <laughs> and I'm Pressure. feeling I'm going to steal my last words from Linda because she talked a, a few minutes ago around this reality that we have to show respect for everyone else's value. And that is absolutely at the core of everything that we're talking about. If um, what we're describing is, is mutual. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, and that's and that can be taught, and that can be uh, counseled, and that can be coached. That notion of make sure that you understand the value of everyone in 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 the picture, uh, starting with elementary school or beyond. But but in the workplace, if if there are moments where people are acting like they don't see the value of someone because of their the money that they're paid versus the money the others paid or any of those other artificial separators back to the notion of separation, then that can be lovingly challenged. Uh, and I'm, I am very hopeful that because of all the changes going on now, that there is a humility that uh, is, um, that is emerging and uh, you know, in the senior leaders of companies and, and all the way around and, and really maybe uh, a little bit more excitement because we're back together again, you know, in yes. person. And so why mess around with old ways that held us apart when we can uh, be each other's mentors? So love uh, that. I, I, I'm just so uh, appreciative for, of what you do uh, envision for the world. And uh, I hope we can talk again soon and take this a little bit further and get, get some sense of what results you're picking up on. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, I do too. I look forward to it. This is fun. Thank you. You got it. Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcast, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Oh, and one more thing. How could I forget the book? On Practice as a Way of Being is available now in digital form, something that would be new, like podcasting to many of us. And it's a, a great way of learning more and more about what this podcast presented when Peter Vale and I originated it several years ago. So please come to www.mylibrary one word, dot world, slash practice, and you'll see what I mean. Thank you.